power of praise, and this is the third time, this is the third service that we're talking about the power of praise, last Sunday morning and last Sunday night, talked about the power of praise, <coughs> and um, uh, hadn't heard a thought of teaching on praise in a lot of years, but when we first came into the charismatic movement, 1980, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, came out from among the Baptists and went among the Pentecostals and charismatics. <laughs> there is a difference, you know, at that, at that, and you know, when we're all Pentecostals in a general sense, but the charismatics had a little different flair. And, um, Anyway, came out among them, especially among the charismatics, began to hear teaching on praise. Because in our church that we had grown up in, nobody ever praised God. It, we sang hymns, but we never uttered praises to God. I had never heard anyone say, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'd never heard anyone utter those things from their lips. And I'd been raised in a church. But they had, I'd never, I had sang hallelujah sang it in a, the words of a hymn, but had never heard anybody. And one of the reasons got baptized in the Holy Ghost is my grandmother invited some people. She was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and she was trying to set us up, you understand. You know, she was being led of the Spirit, too. And she invited some of her friends who played the guitar and sang Scripture songs up from Roscoe, Texas. She invited them to see Graves for uh, New Year's Eve service. And so, and they uh, sang scripture songs, and and I was fascinated. I, I, I they sang these songs. Uh, they sang things like "This Is the Day," things that are very common to us now. But I was like, wow, you know, we were, you know, we were just enthralled over "This Is the Day," and now we'd be like, can't, Kevin, can't you find a new song? <laughs> you know, hallelujah. I mean, we wouldn't be so thrilled about it now. But I can tell you, it was just <sighs> we sang a "Horse and Rider Thrown into the Sea." You remember that one? Yeah. We sang, Thy loving kindness is better than life, and it is. Hallelujah. We sang all those songs. I was just, oh, it was just, you know, the the word. We'd never heard the word, the word sang before, and so it was just, I was enthralled by it. But the thing that really put, set the hook in my mouth, because they were with us all that evening. We stayed up late visiting. The next day, they on New Year's Day, they uh, uh, stayed to eat my grandmother's black-eyed peas. You have to eat black-eyed peas, you know, on New Year's, she thought. Hallelujah. And so they stayed, and she cooked a big dinner, which was her thing. Well, she could do better than anything. She was a, a, a wonderful, hospitable. That was her gift to the body of Christ is hospitality, a lot of her gift. And... Uh, Anyway, so they stayed. But what fascinated me about these people, Betty and Don Turner, uh, and some of you've met them because they actually visited in our church here in Tuscaloosa when we were on Hargrove Road. Some of you may have met them. Anyway, uh, Betty and Don was that they'd just be walking down the hall of the house and they'd just out of their mouth, praise the Lord. Just walking down the hall from one room to another, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I was just, that, that caught me. That caught me right there, praising God. So uh, we that day, that very day, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost and, you know, uh, began our own praise life and praise journey and began to hear teaching about praise. But I'm so, I've been enjoying this so much because I can tell you when I heard it, I was so young in the Lord that I know I got some of it, but I am just enthralled with it, the power of praise as I'm studying to prepare and teach this now. Uh, we have a question we need to answer this morning, and the question is this, is praise optional for a Christian? We need to answer that question this morning because sometimes I think we have the idea that, yeah, praise is good, but uh, if you don't praise, God understands. And 
He's not upset about that. But we'll find that, uh, that God looks at that differently if you'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Hallelujah. Opening the Word this morning. Because the Word is our authority. The Word is the foremost and final authority in our life. We may say what we think, we may think what we think, but when it gets when the rubber meets the road is when whatever the Word says goes. That's how I've decided. I've got to make my life based on your word. And if you say it, hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 45, verse 45. And moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee. Um, we know Deuteronomy 28 is the blessings and the curses. Uh, moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed because thou hearken not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. And so we see there that God is <laughs> really serious about us having a joyful heart and serving him and honoring him with gladness and joyful of heart before the abundance of all things. And if anybody ever had abundance, it's us American Christians. Hallelujah. If you have $10 in your pocket this morning or $10 in the bank account, if you have $10 in your bank account or in your pocket, and I would venture to say that there's not even a kid in this church that doesn't at least have $10 in their piggy bank, much less all of us uh, have at least that much, no matter how much we're believing God, we use, usually we would all at least have that much. Um, you are more wealthy than 90% of the entire world's population. You are in the top 10% of the world if you have $10 in your pocket this morning or in your bank account. So we have an abundance of all things in America, don't we? We got a visitor this morning? Well, hallelujah. Well, we used to have a church that had a whole bunch of them living in the roof. And they would come and visit every service. Hallelujah. Okay, so we see God is not how he views attitudes. God looks at the attitudes of his people and takes them very seriously. Now, we're not under the curse. Jesus Christ came that we'd be redeemed from this curse. We're not under this curse. So we're not being cursed if we don't choose to praise. However, we do see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he expected and what he had desired, then he still expects and he still desires, and he still wants us to have those same attitudes, even though we're not being cursed uh, now if we don't have those attitudes. So we're to serve with joyfulness, gladness of heart, for the abundance of all those things. Um, the, these scriptures show us that praise isn't optional. You know, I know sometimes people have the attitude of like, well, I, Debbie, I just don't have anything to praise God for. I know sometimes we've come in and we have problems. We have situations to overcome. We have things in our life, and it doesn't seem like that we have anything to praise God for. But to tell you the truth, it doesn't matter if you... The truth is we probably do have something to praise God for. We can always praise Him we're saved. But, you know, our feelings get in the way of all of those things. And after all, heaven's not today, and we have to deal with today. And so... But the thing is that we're to praise Him no matter what is that because he's worthy.
Even when we don't have a thing in our life working right, we're to praise him simply because he's worthy of our praise. We're to praise him because God deserves the praise. Amen. In Psalm 29, 2, we're not going to turn to all these because I've got a lot I want you to turn to. But Psalm 29, 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory do his name. There's glory just do him because he's God. Uh, because he created the grounds you get to walk on. Hallelujah. Because he created the, or the air you get to breathe, glory is due his name. Not to mention the fact that he redeemed you out of going to hell and hell on earth. Hallelujah. He's the, so all of those things. Uh, Psalm 717, I will praise the Lord according to his righteousness and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord most high. So just because he's righteous, just, you know, everything in the world may be hell in your life, but he's righteous. Amen. Glory to God. Psalm 34, 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So there we go with a command again, what he expects. He didn't say, I'll bless the Lord in the good times. I'll bless the Lord when I've been really blessed. No, he said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise will what? Continually be in my mouth. And I think a lot of times we forgot that side of the praise of praise. And we come to church and we praise the Lord. But how many of you are like that Betty and Don Turner that so ministered in my life? And, and you know, look at the fruit. Because they walked down the hall saying, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. You wouldn't think that was a strong testimony. But because of that, we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, went into the ministry, and everything we've ever done, every person we've ever touched, they get the credit for when they get in heaven. Yes. Just because of that. Because yes. I can guarantee you, if we hadn't got baptized in the Holy Ghost, we wouldn't have gone into the ministry. Hallelujah. We'd still be farming in West Texas. <laughs> Praising God is loving God personally, and it is our number one priority. You know, it's not enough to tithe, although we love tithing. It's not enough to do good works. we got to give God our heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. If you would turn there, please. I want to read this one because we're studying Revelation, which I am enjoying so much. I just want to encourage you to come and... Join us in that. Revelation 4, verse 11. And one thing you learn when you study Revelation, one thing you have, you know, you might could, uh, when you study Revelation, you have no doubt that we serve a mighty God. He is a mighty, powerful, awesome God. And you, you have no doubts after you look at Revelation. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Hallelujah. We are here and created for his pleasure. It is the purpose of all creation is for his pleasure. Hallelujah. So I tell you, it's time we start bringing him some pleasure, isn't it? Amen. Matthew 6, verse 10. We won't turn there, but it says, you know this, this is the Lord's prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We could say that in a way that's more um, a contemporary, and we could say, let earth be like heaven. We could say Jesus was saying, let earth be like heaven. Well, we know from the scriptures that heaven is full of praise. Jesus wants the earth to be like heaven, and it's our responsibility to fill the earth up with the praises of God. I'm going to give you four benefits of praise this morning. 
The first benefit of praise is peace. In Philippians chapter 4, I had such peace today, this morning. Such peace. Such peace was on me about doing this service. Such peace has been on us about planting these churches. And you know, it's it's such peace, uh, just supernatural peace before preaching every service and on Sunday morning. And you got to understand um, that um, I have never wanted to do Sunday morning. In fact, we've shed tears before at our house over me having to do Sunday morning. In fact, it hasn't been a year ago that Pastor Avery asked me to do Sunday morning at his church while they went somewhere and I turned him down because I don't want to do Sunday morning. I like Sunday night. I love Wednesday night. But hallelujah, when the, when the when a time is right in your life, the grace of God comes on you. And I just have grace here. Uh, so I have such peace in this. Philippians 4 verse 4. Hmm. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. But it all starts out in verse 4 with rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. The peace is first started out by the rejoicing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And remember, he tells you to rejoice there before he tells you to pray. We talked about last week is how the praise is always the beginning. It's not the end. It's not when I get healed, I'm going to praise God. No. When my, uh, that's not how it is. Praise is always the beginning. It's the entering in. I will enter his courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his, uh, no. Gates. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. Thank you, Kevin. Hallelujah. And so it's always the beginning. Uh, and also, let me just read this to you. I, I found this in uh, on a pastor's website, pastors.com. It says, um, a Harvard graduate has proven scientifically that when you pray or sit quietly, listening to a song in church, you feel calmer. Your breathing and heart rates drop. They've proved this out. Anxieties and stress levels go down. You begin to think more clearly. Just start praising God and you will start to think more clearly. You will. You are more likely to have new ideas and insights. Hallelujah. Now that's a Harvard scientist that proved that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we know that already. The second thing that praise, benefit of praise is strength. And turn to Psalm 8, verse 2. Now this is a very powerful scripture and one of my favorite. Psalm 8, 2. Strength. How many of you say, oh, I need strength? Mm. I tell you, a lot of times we think we need strength, and we do. Hallelujah. And a lot of uh, uh, praise is a door into strength. Another real big key to having strength is saying, I'm strong. Instead of talking about how weak you are all the time. We have what we say. Uh, uh, we have, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you think you're weak, guess what? You're weak because as you think in your heart, so, so are you. And so we, as, we are, as we think in our hearts, that's how we are. And so we have to change what we're thinking in our heart. We have to resolve those heart issues. But it starts with changing our mouth. And it also starts with praise. Psalm 8, verse 2. 
It says, uh, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. You say, well, that doesn't say anything about praise. It just talks about him ordaining strength. But if you look in Matthew 21, 16, Jesus quoted this verse in Matthew 21, 16, and he interpreted that word strength as praise. He said, Unto them, yea, have you never read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. And so we see in Psalm 8, 2, that praise and strength are connected to each other. That when we praise, the benefit of praise is strength. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We also see some other things in that scripture that we're to start our babies and those that are still on the breast or still on the bottle, we're to start them early praising God. Amen. And um, so that's an important fact there. Uh, then in the, th the third benefit of praise is that it stops the enemy. Hallelujah. It stops the enemy. Now that's in 8.2 also where it says, uh, out of the, has thou ordained strength or perfected praise because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. When you praise God, the devil gives up. The devil, some of you, that's all you're, you know, Jesus, that's all you're lacking. The devil would give up if you would start praising God. Hallelujah. And the fourth benefit of praise is it blesses the Lord. We've already read the scriptures on that, how it pleases him. It blesses him. We were created for his pleasure. It blesses him. God likes to be told that we love him. God likes it that we're trusting him. God likes it that we're thankful to him. Amen. Now I want to, um, I can't I can't give you the full insight into praise without taking you to the Old Testament. And this morning, I want to give you seven Hebrew words for praise. And, uh, and this will bless you. Uh, the first Hebrew word for praise is yada, Y-A-D-A-H, yada. And yada means worship with extended hands. To rever or worship with extended hands to lift your hands. And this word, yada, uh, it has the connotation or means absolute surrender. When you lift both hands to God, you're saying, I surrender everything to you, Lord. And the, the, the uh, connotation in the Hebrew and the way the Jew understood it, in the, it is that it's like a little child lifting both hands to daddy or mama and, and they're completely surrendered and they're absolute trusting. They have absolute trust and complete surrender. And that's why we, can, we lift our hands up. Because I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And we're surrendering to him. And we're worshiping him. We're praising him. And that's just the Hebrew word, yada. And we find that word in uh, one of the way where places we find that word. I won't turn there, but it's Genesis. Uh, Genesis. Yeah, I'm going to turn there, but I won't make you. Genesis 29:31, and it's the story of Leah. And I really like this story. And if you know about Leah, Leah was uh, the wife of Jacob. Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. And remember, Laban, her father, tricked him. And he got Leah first. And then he got Rachel. And the Bible says in uh, verse 31 there of 29 that Leah was hated. And it doesn't, you know, she loved 
uh, Jacob, but Jacob didn't love Leah. And she wanted him to love her. And uh, he loved Rachel instead. And uh, uh, so uh, God opened Leah's womb. And Rachel's womb was closed. We know that. And so Leah began to have kids. And the first child she had in verse 32, she conceived and bare a son. And she called his name Reuben. For she said, surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. And so she was just all trying to please him so much. And like, oh, God, I had this baby boy. He'll love me now. And then verse 33, she conceived again and bare a son and said, because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath therefore given me this son. And she called his name Simeon. And every son, she's like, oh, this will make Jacob love me. But you know, it didn't. And then in verse 34, and she conceived again and bare a son and said, now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name shall be called Levi. And, and oh, oh God, now Jacob's going to love me. But in verse 35, she changed her attitude. And she says, and she conceived again and bare a son. And she said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah and she left bearing. You know what? She changed her whole attitude. She quit trying to get the favor of Jacob. And she's just said, I will just, I surrender. This is that yada. I surrender. I trust you, God. I praise you. And she quit trying to please Jacob. Um, so, so it's the absolute surrender, absolute trust. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 28 verse 7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. That's the word yadah. And then we say, you say, well, is there a correlation in the New Testament? There is. First Timothy 4.8 says, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, I will everywhere that men everywhere lift up holy hands, lifting up the extended hand, trusting without wrath or doubt doubting, without wrath or doubting. See, trusting, absolute trust, absolute surrender, lifting our hands. Praise is not an option, family. And this is a summer of praise for Word of Life Church. That's the word of the Lord for this church. The second Hebrew word is tehillah, T-E-H-I-L-L-A-H, tehillah. It means to sing, to laud. It's a spontaneous new song. It is singing a melody in your heart by adding words to it. It's a special kind of singing. It is unprepared, unrehearsed songs. It's the new song. Hallelujah. It's like when we sing in the Spirit sometimes. And let's turn to Psalm 40, verse 3. I'm going to turn there quickly. I want to show you in the Scripture. Psalm 40, verse 3 says... And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto my our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. We sing that new song, really similar to what uh, Don and Betty were doing. They, they were singing the new song to the Lord. They even did sing, praise God, hallelujah. Sometimes instead of just saying praise God, they would sing it. And you know what? It Many feared and trusted the Lord because of it. Heard the new song coming out of their mouth. Glory to God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 22. These are important scriptures. 
Um, it says in 2022, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount of Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. When we begin to sing the new song, God set ambushments, ambushments against their enemies. Amen. Hallelujah. There's power in praise. There's strength in praise. You say, is that in the New Testament? Yes, it is. First Corinthians 14, 15, Paul said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. So we sing in the Spirit. Uh, the third Hebrew word is Barak, B-A-R-A-K, and it means to kneel or to bow, to give reverence to God as an act of adoration. It is acknowledging God. Now, the Jew understood this word as this is more than just getting on your knee and more than just bowing your head. This is a lifestyle to be lived of revering and acknowledging God. And it's an awesome testimony to, to, uh, to bow. Um, we know in the New Testament, we do not have to bow our head in order to pray. I used to think you couldn't pray unless you bowed your head. But we do not have to bow our head in order to pray. We come boldly into the throne of grace. We can look God right in the eye. We're righteous. But I tell you, it, as a witness, bowing is such a, a witness. When you're in a restaurant and you bow over the food and you pray, you're, it is a witness it is a it is such a acknowledging of god it is such a you are acknowledging god publicly and he is honored he is glorified and i you know i see a lot a lot of people in tuscaloosa doing that bowing and acknowledging god and praying over their food I mean, I've been seeing, I literally was at the Cracker Barrel not too long ago, and there was a group at a round table in the corner, and they had their hands holding hands, and they weren't just praying over the food, they was having prayer. They was praying, praying. I mean, they were, you know, they were having some sort of a group meeting, and they were praying. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So uh, God's honored in that, and that's the Barak. The number fourth uh, Hebrew word is halal, H-A-L-A-L. Halal, and it means to shine, to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave, to celebrate, to feign madness, to act like a madman. Uh, and uh, this is what it means is, is that this is when you are so praising God, you are just that other people would say they're crazy. They're crazy because you are, you are out there. You are praising God. You are, you are celebrating. You're boasting. You're, you're loud, noisy. I'm telling you, God, all you never find quiet praise in the Bible. So all you quiet praisers, you're not real scriptural. <laughs> Hallelujah. God likes it loud. Hallelujah. Not that he can't hear. He just, he, cause a lot of, you know why he likes it loud? Because a lot of times when we're being soft, we we're ashamed or we're being, we're, we're yielding to a spirit of fear or timidity or we're yielding to what other people think. And God doesn't want us to yield to what other people think. I know, uh, uh, I have a friend, Sue, La not Sue Landry. What's uh, she's from Dallas. Let me think. She's real close, you can tell. I can't think of her name. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I hadn't seen her in a long time. But anyway, her husband is the uh, uh, runs the CBN um, TV station in uh, when it used to be Christian Broadcasting Network. He ran that in Dallas. 
And uh, so she said, the Lord spoke to her and said, I want you to praise me on, my, on your time, on my time. Praise me on my time. In other words, I want you to praise God every time I tell you to, no matter where you're at. So she said she walked out in her front yard one morning to get the paper, and she had on her gown and robe, and she was going to sneak out there and hope nobody saw her. And so she, the Lord said, I want you to praise me right now. And she was was like, God. And so she she lifted her hands and just started praising God, praising God. And you know what? Her neighbor come over and said, I saw you out in the yard praising God, and and the neighbor wanted to get saved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So to be boastful, to be clamorously foolish, to, uh, to, uh, hallelujah, get in there. And in 1 Chronicles 16.4 is one scripture where that is at. And I, I know you're thinking, I hope there's just one scripture for this in the whole Bible so God's not really putting a strong emphasis on this clamorously foolish uh, type of praise. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and, the, and to record and to thank and praise the Lord of God of Israel. So they were to be clamorously foolish in front of the presence of the, God, uh, of the Lord. The ark of the covenant was the presence of the Lord clamorously foolish. And you say, I hope that's not in the Bible much. It's in the Old Testament 110 times. This this word, halal, the clamorously foolish, to shine. And in the New Testament, you say, is it there? Yeah, it happened on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says that they were out, they came out of that upper room. They were celebrating. They were so loud, so noisy, celebrating the praises of God, not cackling over the card game like we were Friday night and hollering and whooping and all that. No, clamorously foolish over God. They came out in the streets of the Jerusalem and Peter had to get up and say, these are not drunk as ye suppose. Because they, the people thought they're crazy, they're drunk. But he said, these are not drunk as you, you suppose, but this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. The fifth Hebrew word for uh, praise is Todah, T-O-W-D-A-H. And this one is so awesome. It is to worship by the extension of the hand. And you go, well, that's just what we already had. We had the extended hand. This is different. The Todah is commonly used in connection with the sacrifice of praise. Now, we think of the sacrifice of praise differently than the Jew does. The sacrifice of praise, we think of it like it's praising God when you really don't want to. No, the Jew never, the Jew, the, the, the Old Testament Jew, they never resented or complained about what they offered God. Never. They never, that attitude would not have been thought of. And Hebrews 13 verse 15 in the New Testament tells us that we are to offer the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So we have that continually having praise coming out of our mouth again here in Hebrews. The Todah um, had the Hebrew connotation of thanking God for something I don't have in the natural. See, it's faith is what it is. It was thanking God. It was they would extend their hand and they would thank God for something they didn't have already in the natural. It was, and that's why it was a sacrifice 
of praise. Not because they didn't want to, but because they were thanking God in advance for something they did not yet have. They were praising God because His Word was true. And when you're sick in your body, when you offer the, when you praise God in advance for something you do not yet have yet, sometimes that can be kind of like a sacrifice, can't it? Uh, the carnal mind fights this so much. The carnal mind wants to wait till we have it until we praise Him. The carnal mind even ridicules this. But this is, the, the Jew understood this. The Jews had great faith in the power of Todah. They had great faith in the power of praising God with the extended hand before, uh, before in advance of, of what they had. The lifting of the hands, in this case, in the Todah, remember now the one we did before, it symbolized complete and absolute surrender and complete trust. Remember that? Now in the Todah, the lifting of the hand symbolizes agreement. The right hand, lifting the right hand, symbolizes the covenant I have with my father. Now the Jews knew all this. We don't know it, but now we are. But they knew all this. In Scripture, God is always extending His right hand. You know, you read in the Scripture, God's always extending His right hand, and that is covenant. When, he, when God extends His right hand, it always is speaking covenant. And it's saying, when he extends his right hand to me, he's saying, all that I am is yours. When I extend my right hand, I'm saying, all that I have is yours. All that I am is yours. All that I am is yours. And I'm saying, I agree with what you're saying, God. I agree with your word. That is the Todah. It is, it is agreeing with God. It's agreeing with His Word. And that's why we have the Todah, the praise, the extended hand, before we receive what we are believing for. Now, the Jew had great faith in the Todah, and they knew that God honored the Todah, the sacrifice of praise, by performing miracles. They knew that. They believed it. And here's the attitude of Todah. The attitude of Todah is this. I am thanking God. I am agreeing with God that it, that it is as He says. I am agreeing with God that it is as He says. I don't care what it looks like. I am agreeing with what His Word says. Amen. Such a powerful, powerful scripture. Psalm 50, verse 23. We find the Todah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, I, have, I have a new zeal to praise God because of... Understanding this, Psalm 50, verse 23, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. They knew as they ordered their conversation aright in the Todah, and they praised him with extended hand, they would see the salvation of God. They would see him change their circumstances. Uh, the, the sixth Hebrew word for Todah is Zamar, Z-A-M-A-R. And this is to sing with instruments. For all of you that have wondered if it's okay, it's in the Bible. To sing with instruments. To make music accompanied by the voice. In Psalm 92 verse 1 in the Amplified Bible, let me read this to you. It says, It is a good and delightful thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises with musical accompaniment to your name, O Most High. Psalm 150, the last psalm. 
is all about praising with musical instruments. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The seventh and the final word, Hebrew word for praise, is Shabbat. Hallelujah. Now that Shabbat word, that can, yeah. I know we went into a church one time and the pastor said, uh, we do the Shabbat here. And I'm like, oh dear, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? I don't think he had the correct definition of Shabbat. I think, I'm not sure because I don't know what they did to the Shabbat, but here's what the Shabbat means. It means to address in a loud tone. There he goes being loud again. It's a loud adoration, a shout. It is, it, it is unashamed. You know, we're not going to get anywhere very far with God if we're ashamed. In fact, he said if we're ashamed of him, he was going to be ashamed of us. Hallelujah. We can't be ashamed of God. We have to get over. God has not given you a spirit of fear or timidity. God didn't give you that spirit. If he didn't give it to you, there's only two places where that spirit comes from. If God didn't give it to you, who did? The devil, and you're submitting to the devil, and you're a child of God. you got to cast it off. you got to shake it off. you got to say, no way. I am not being fearful. I am not being timid. I am not being shy. Did you know timidity has its roots in pride? Timidity is all about pride. The more timid a person is, the more prideful they are. They care what people think. They're, all, they're thinking about themselves. If I do that, well, what will people think? What will they, if somebody might hear me, somebody might think something, somebody, it's all about pride. Pride goeth before what? A fall or destruction. We, you know, pride's an open door to the devil, so we can't afford to be prideful. Hallelujah. Okay, Shabbat is to address in a loud tone, a loud adoration, a shout, unashamed. It has the connotation of testimony. It's testimony. It's testifying loudly and praising him for his and praising him and giving him glory and the triumph and the mercy. But it's not just about being loud. It's not just about being loud. What it's about is putting your whole being into it. You know, if your mind's a million miles away, you have not glorified God. And you're doing that for show. You're just showing off in front of this congregation, wanting them to think you're spiritual, and you're probably backslid. Woo, call Pastor Billings back to Cobra. Huh? He bees nicer. But it's the truth. It's the truth. It is the truth. Y'all want the truth, don't you? If your mind is a million miles away, and I know, see, we have we can control our mind. We can something now. I know that a lot of times we have to bring it back and bring it back. You get to get your mind on a short leash. And you you let your the reason you get into sin is because you let your mind just go everywhere in the world. You got to bring that thing back and say, no, we're not gonna think on that. No, we're gonna concentrate on this. No, we're not gonna sleep in this service. I'm tired of people sleeping. And y'all are on a y'all are on a short your own your own your own, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Pastor Billings is gone. And, I, and I'm, <laughs> hallelujah. He might put up with it, but Miss Debbie, why? Because God don't like it. Slap yourself. 
Stand up and turn around. Fred Price, go walk over to you and say, stand up, turn around. Everybody in the service knows you've been sleeping. That's what he does. Hallelujah. You, you're just, you can control yourself. You wouldn't sleep if George W. Bush was up here. Well, I'm telling you, the Word of God is greater than George W. Bush. I'm not saying I am. I'm saying the Word is. You can control yourself. Just like you control your bowels sitting here and you control your bladder, get control of your mind. Hallelujah. Grow up. Hallelujah. Now, I'm preaching truth to you. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I love you. I don't want to be mean. I don't I love you. I don't want to hurt you. But you're hurting the you're hurting the kingdom. You're hurting the flow of the anointing. You're distracting me. I see you distract me. I don't even notice. You know, I'm looking at you. I don't even notice you if your eyes are open. But when they're like this, I, you're, you're, you, dread, you distract me. It grieves the Holy Ghost. Changes the flow of the service. Keeps people from getting what they need. Hallelujah. And you say, well, I'm really, really tired. Well, discipline your flesh and go to bed. You're not disciplining your flesh. Your priorities are out of order. Get yourself in the bed. Hallelujah. Now, if you come in here, you know what? I'll tell you something. If you come in here and you worked all night, is it different? Yeah. Wouldn't grieve the Holy Ghost near as much as if you're just letting your flesh run rampant. Hallelujah. Praise God. <clears throat> well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I prayed to be bold. Uh, but it's putting, it's putting your whole being into it. Let, we didn't let our mind wander around and think about things. Look at what all the musicians are wearing and all that kind of stuff. No, we, you know, and we make them dress nice so that they, you know, if somebody's dressed nice, they're not as much of a distraction as if they got on something strange. Really. We make them take their earrings. I mean, the boys take the earrings out. and Well, actually, we don't let them have an earring because we don't want them to distract you. We want to have our mind on God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what we want. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So it's an attitude of being totally uninhibited. We don't have to be inhibited. We're not supposed to be inhibited. Psalm 117.1 says, Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people. Psalm 63.3 says, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. And this is that word, that word, Shabbat. My lips shall praise thee. Hallelujah. God is so good. He has been so good to us. We owe him the very breath that we breathe. We owe him. Hallelujah. And yet he's just merciful to us. Hallelujah. He is just kind to us. He's kind to the sinner, the Bible says. Kind to the unlovely. When we mess up, he doesn't, he's not slapping us. Hallelujah. But we, the church has got to wake up. The church all over, the United States, all over the world has got to wake up. Time is short. Jesus is coming back. The harvest is ripe. We've, we're responsible. Amen? And we're gonna have, we got to be watching for Him. we got to be watching for Him. We're looking in Revelation and find out we better be watching when He, uh, when he steps into that eastern sky and steps over there. we got to be not surprised. Oh, God, I'm going to get my life right. No, that'll be too late. Hallelujah. Well, I love you. 
And I want you to stand up this morning. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. I want us to praise him. I want us to act on what we've 